Welcome back to the Starting Five Podcast on SB Nation Greasy Red Blues. I am the one P Shark. I am at underscore Scott Leader on Twitter. We're crying together, but we're we're shedding tears of good joy. Shout out to boy Kendrick Lamar. The late great Tupac Shakur once said on the song with Scarface, there's going to be some stuff that you're going to see that's going to make it hard for you to smile in the future. So we're going to smile that this season happened, but it's about to be some furniture moving. So what's good, everybody? It's Trevor. Wow. Y'all came with the quotes today. Um, the best quote I got, as always, is I'm just a role player. It's really cheating. Big fella, where you at? <laughs> going on y'all it's at tab chicken we got a lot to talk about but hey it's been a great season man great season yeah definitely great for you because you're a fan you know of both teams so let's start with you this time oh yeah that's all big like Jokic. okay okay let's let's, uh, recap the series man go to state end up beating us in six uh soup take it away you're you got the unbiased. I mean, so I, of course, I'm a fan of both, but I could never, ever, ever go against the city, right? So I did have Grizz and Six, Warriors and Seven. But what we saw um, from the Grizzlies was, you know, a young, inexperienced team. You know, they're still trying to get their, you know, minds together. They're still trying to find out who they are. Um, <laughs> Hold on, man. Grizz and Six, Warriors and Seven. Thank you, That's what I said. That's what I said. That's what I said. We're not debating that you said that. We're not debating that. But how in the hell, Sharky? I asked the damn question. How in the hell are you rooting for the Warriors but rooting for the Grizzlies? Want no, the I had the Grizzlies. So you really, so you really were, so you really were hoping. That's what I said. If we got to a game seven, the Warriors gonna win. Other than that, I had the Grizzlies six. So you had the Grizzlies losing on the home floor in game seven? Huh? You had the Grizz losing on their home floor in the game seven scenario. Yeah, I did. I mean, I did. If y'all, I mean, y'all, y'all asked me like right. number one. Of course, like I'm a Warriors fan, <laughs> but I had the Grizz winning in six. But I did say if it got to seven, the Warriors was gonna win. That's. <laughs> I mean, it's not for me to say. Is that not for me to? It's not. Because I know your opinion. I'm, I'm you tell them. I know I'm the championship DNA that the Warriors had and they displayed. Regardless, uh, you know, we can say, you know, and I and I said at first, like, the John Morant injury, that hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Warriors, <laughs> oh, I said on Let's Be Real Podcast, the Warriors have a history of injury players. So it's, like, one of the biggest what else. But the Warriors do have their championship DNA that, you know, the Grizz can overcome. I told y'all, y'all, you, you don't want to laugh, but I told y'all, y'all was the ones that took game one easily. I told y'all if we lose game one, that hurt. It came back to bite us, and. Here we are now talking about how, how what we're gonna do in the offseason. So I, I really want to see what Lido got to say because he's tripping. He tripping. Who, took game, who took game one easy? <laughs> he said, Yeah, no, I told y'all. Am I, am I lying? She they was the ones that said, I was the one that said, Y'all was the one that said, if it was a, a from zero to ten, yeah, I was at an eight for us losing game one. Y'all was like, Oh, it's no big deal. That, that, that's oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, nobody, I didn't say it's a team with that kind of mentality. From game one, we saw that the Grizz were inexperienced, and we should have won that the Warriors, they, they stole game one. We gave game one away. And I was the one that said we should have won game one. I was the one that said we should have taken that more serious. Y'all were the ones that said, no, it's no big deal. Y'all was y'all the same ones laughing today. So 
I well, really want to hear what Leon has to say. No, I didn't say you wanted to Now, now, like now what occurred... Okay, man, it may not have been you. I know yeah. it wasn't me. I, I, I was at an eight. So it may what have been the guy left who I've been calling on. So I'm ready. If we, if, we it, want, if we got smoke this episode, we got it, bro. Nah, we got some we smoke, man. We ain't in it with some bang. We ain't in it with a bang, baby. We ain't in it with a bang, baby. Can well, we just Kyle in here before he laughs himself to death? So. Yeah, well, before we before we we turn the gun to him and start smoking with him, um, what Tuke said, and actually Sharky backed it up right after he said his comment and said, "I agree with you, Tuke, because this is a different type of team. We cannot give away a game like Game One, similar to how we kind of gave away Game One to the Timberwolves. So yes, I will because I listen to the podcast." Frequently, duh, I'm on here. But I listen to a podcast frequently, and I do believe at that point for sure, I know Sharky for sure had your back. I cannot even say that I had your back about that statement because you went after me. But I will say right after you said what you said, Sharky for sure had your back. Now I'm shooting over the sky. Shoot. I'm only laughing. To, I'm not disputing anything that you're saying. I'm not saying that you didn't say any of that. I guess I decided to be immature, so excuse me for being immature. But when you said what you said, as far as you know, you're rooting for the Grizzlies, you're rooting for the Warriors. You know, Grizzlies win, 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 Warriors win. You know right? To me, visually, to me, visually, I just pictured you watching every single game. I just pictured you watching every single game and not getting upset at any point throughout the series because you're rooting for both teams equally. So I was saying that I'm one that said that that Jordan Poole actually did injure John Morant. If you went, I broke down how Jordan Poole pushed his left arm. If you go and watch that video of how he pushed his left arm, forcing John Morant to go the other way, and he turned his knee. That's something ESPN and all these other quote-unquote analysts fail to realize. I was pissed on that moment. I'm still kind of upset that the Grizz lost, but, it, I mean, it is what it is. It is what I it just, is. I just decided to be immature. That's all. I think we allow it. That's why Wednesday and the Monday, bro. That's what it is, but it's cool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with this. Nothing wrong with having a glass of wine. Shout out to my boy, Fat Boy Fadeaway. But yeah, nothing wrong with having a little glass of wine. Yeah, well, for me, uh, as one of the guys that did pick the Grizz to win this series, and the reason that I picked them simply because they had home court advantage. I figured that um, each team would at least steal one on the other's home floor. And of course, game seven in Memphis with that crowd, I think Memphis eventually would have pulled it off. I felt that at full strength, uh, Memphis was just a slight, slightly better, slightly better <laughs> than uh, slightly better than the Warriors. But again, the Warriors showed themselves as a veteran team, and we got reminded as to why we're the second youngest team in the league. I'll go ahead and kick it back to Skyler. I do apologize; I, he didn't get a chance to uh, give his piece on the series. So go ahead, Skyler. No, no. If, if nothing else, I need that apology from Tuvo. I guess I get it at some point. I guess you know. I just asked a question. Bro. Maybe, maybe before we turn fifty is when I get that apology. But no, I, I think you know to what you just said, Trevor. I think you saw at the end of the day, like why I was willing to pick the Warriors at seven, just because I knew at the end of the day, um, we've seen um, the likes of you know Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, good God, Clay Thompson in the game six, um, and Jerry McGrain. We've seen what that story looks like. We've read that book before. So, in my opinion, why go away from that? If you're reading that book, you know, you know, you know, at the end of the day, what the ending will, will be like. And so, I knew at the end of the day, the Golden State Warriors will they will have times, they will have positions where you saw that they're the the most they're the most veteran team. They were able to execute plays at the end of games, and we saw that whether it was game one, we saw that whether it was game five. 
we saw how you know how they were able to kind of close the books in game six so you know i what we saw in my opinion is nothing short of what i expected now i will say this if you're a grizzlies fan and you know you may it may, it may hurt to say you know we didn't have john Morant to end the series or you know we could have won under the, under these circumstances you were right there for most of those games you were right there and you know outside of game five which was an absolute embarrassment um you were right there with the golden state Warriors, and so again we don't want to talk about what have should have could have but you know you were right there you there were times in um there were times in shots that were taken where you preferred not to have done that but you saw what it takes to be a championship team and you got you've gotten their respect um of the golden state warriors if nothing else go listen to the the the, the post-game interview that Draymond green had about the Memphis Grizzlies. They they know that the Memphis Grizzlies are coming. Everybody um, around the, the country knows that the Memphis Grizzlies are coming. Why? Because people were tuned into their series. That was the most watched series that the NBA has probably had in quite some time. So it was it was really, in my opinion, it was good for the city as far as exposure was concerned. It was great to be in the FedEx form when those home games were had because it was it was a playoff atmosphere. And it's what I said at the beginning of the series that the FedEx form. Now, granted, the, the, the Golden State the Golden State Warriors won Game One, what they typically do in most series. But the FedEx form is a true like playoff environment. It's a true, you know, it's a true home court threat. So it was it was good, you know, that the fans showed up the way that they did. Um, it was loud. It was crazy. I enjoyed every single minute of it, from the regular season to the postseason. So it was great. You you know what you have to to do going forward to potentially match up with them, you know, in the years to come. So I was excited for it. Uh, take about the series itself. Um, I've thought about this long and hard, and I know we, we've talked about Coach on the last episode, <clears throat> and so I honestly will talk about it just a little bit more here. We did run into a championship coach uh, in Steve Kerr, who's won three, has been to five finals um, as well within his tenure. The thing that you can't really coach, but you can motivate is rebounds. And for the games that we lost, rebounding. Now I'm going to put more to this. Um, because as I watched the games, I realized a few other things. Well, one huge thing. We did not make them pay for their turnovers. They made us pay when we didn't make them pay for the turnovers. And you saw it in game one. It was prevalent in game four. And even when game six was literally within our grasp, we turned the ball over and they would turn the ball over and there was no point scored by us. And that alone, that does go to coaching. Um, and also mindset. You know this team is good for a two or three points every time they get the ball. Like, that's just the Warriors team. And for us to get the turnover, whatever it was, even if it was a bad shot, and to not execute offensively, that was a huge problem, especially when two of those games, game one and game four, a total of four points determined the winner and loser. Which, again, if you score on those turnovers, we win possibly game one. We may win game four. Again, not about the rebounding. I get the part of our rebounding. We, we beat that dead horse as well. That's effort. But we have to do better in scenarios where they give us the ball off a turnover and we go down there and score. That is what champions are made of. And when we get there and we elevate there, and I agree with what uh, Sharky has said time and time before about Taylor Jenkins, we are growing with Taylor Jenkins with this Grizzlies team. And so when we stop, he stops too, but he learns to help us ascend to where we need to go. And I mean, we'll talk about this later, but you go in three years, we missed the playoffs, 
We got in the play-in scenario. We got beat by the Jazz, which was the number one team, I believe, um, at least in the West. I can't remember if they were number one in the league itself, but still in a hard-fought series. And now we're in a mode where we were the number two seed. We won our first series, and the second series we took the, a championship-level team really to the brink um, besides one game where we got really blown out and disgusted. Um, but we have to capitalize off turnovers, and, and that really hurt to see that to see us play hard on defense or not as hard on defense and then just give up um, on offense and not even try to score. Um, again, at the end of the day, discipline, defense, and rebounding are my three keys to success with anything. And the discipline to score off those turnovers is huge, but they also got to rebound too. And again, that's not effort. That's motivation to get there. Man, we'll see it. We'll see it, y'all. Basically, man, the reason I picked the Warriors in the series, I think just young teams just got to get earn their earn their stripes, man. They got to take their lumps. And I know Minnesota was a different series. It was a different team. But the way they played in this series, they played like a young team. They just played against another team that had not younger than them, but less experienced than them. And that's how they end up getting out of the series. They started off the Golden State series playing the same way. The first three games, they played like a young team. And we were down 2-1 after three games. They ain't played like a team – almost like a veteran-like team into game four. And by then, Ja was out. And when we're now two, we're not built a team without Ja. That's the reason we lost two of the next three. So simple as that. Like, they they got to find a – and that's the thing that comes with growing. When you're a young team, you go through the lumps, you play against a championship team, uh, those little attentions to, de- to details that uh, Golden State was paying attention to, the Grizzlies were not. Scott, do you have some? No, I didn't want to cut you off, but I did have a question about something you said. Though. You can go ahead, though. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, um, yeah, like I said, those uh, just really paying attention to those attention to details and going forward in the future. I mean, that's uh that's what I expect. That's the next step for the team to take. Um, I guess we'll get to the player X interviews in a second, but the things the players need to work on this offseason, that's the next step. Players like uh Triple J, man, like he has, you know, we got a lot of flack for criticism we gave him, right? But it was all because we know his potential. And I could just he finally finished the season healthy and just seeing him and just like, bro, like, he really can be really good, right? Like, it's like, man, like, work on these things this offseason. Y'all work on these things. There's a band working these things. And the players know it themselves. And they finally tasted this type of success. So they, you know, it just makes them even more hungry. So that's what happens. You play against championship team. You finally got their experience in. So coming forward, they gonna they should be ready coming forward, including Taylor Jenkins. So, hey, we, the sky's, uh, the sky's the limit for the future, y'all. My question to you, Sharky, um, regard like if you think about how close the series was outside of Game Five, um, John Moran gets hurt. Let's just say hypothetically speaking, he does not get hurt. Does that change your opinion about who wins the series? Granted, like you know, we're, what we're saying is, you know, the Golden State Warriors show they showed an ability to close games in Memphis, did mm-hmm. right? Yep. But what we saw, whether it was the Timberwolves series and whether it was Game two of this series that John Morant can close. We've seen that. So yes. let's just say he doesn't get hurt. Does that change your opinion about how this series goes? Like, does that change your opinion about who wins this series? It's twofold. I still I had Golden State picked in seven, and I still think that's what it ultimately would have happened. Because I ultimately the first three, it's a, it's kind of like they didn't decide, they didn't play better or like together or whatever until John got hurt. So it's like, would they have kept playing the same way if he never got hurt? And that's what makes me think that they still would have found – Golden State still would have found the way with their experience to close them out 
because it kind of went, went like game one. I think game seven would kind of be like game one. So a little bit, but I think it was just one. I think it would just went to four or seven games and they would have still found a way to beat us. It took you as on. Nah, um, I, forgot, I actually forgot what I was going to say, but that's actually like a good point. Like I think like with John Morant going down though, that did change the out- outcome of the game. Like that is the reason I had the Grizz winning, you know, in six, you know, because of the inside, you know, pre- inside scoring that Jabba Rant did provide. And, you know, we did see Steve Kerr start Draymond Green, which kind of meant attacking job, which, you know, which what we were saying before he did go down. So I think that did, you know, change the outcome of the series. But I just wanted to know what's yeah. like, is Rasheed Wallace still coaching the Tigers through computer? Because that would be a good good look for Jaron to link up with, you know, in the offseason and develop some kind of offseason, you know, offensive game. Like, I know I said as a joke, but yeah. Rasheed Wallace is one of them ones that if, if you call, you know, him and a Kevin Garnett, they can teach you a thing or two. And I'd love to see that uh, happen for Jaron. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I know where you were going with that. Real, once Jaron realizes in most matchups he can be the best player on the floor, we saw, it on, we saw it on, we saw it, and we saw, we saw flashes of it in the Warrior series. Yeah, once he realizes that when he's on the floor and against in most matchups where he is unstoppable, then you when I saw him post up Draymond the way he was doing. It was like, yeah, you you got something. Like that's Draymond Green we talking, and he was able to slide. Like you you got something. Yeah. Bro. He did the spin move, man, because it was so many times when he would post him up, and he had to spin back to the Come left on, side, trying to go. I was like, man, he need to develop this offseason. <laughs> yeah, if, if he could um, get some, go to the dream camp uh, with Kim Olajuwon and learn some some quick footwork. But also, I know we put it in the chat, but I also want to make sure this is said as well about this series. I also think if this was our time to beat them uh, because of Mike Brown and not Steve Kerr, the coaching. And I think that that made a difference. And what I will also say is if anything you learn about the playoffs, as the playoffs progress, you do need that second person even more consistently um, to be there. And too often than not, Jaw didn't really have a consistent person in the second round. Um, and that's even evident in the Celtics Bucks series. Giannis is killing. Giannis giving you 40 and 20 and still in a losing effort because they don't have a, a, a second score or someone else to take the pressure off him, so to speak, um, as well. Yep, man, injuries are killing. Chris Middleton was out. Bang was still playing. He finally got something going, but like, he playing through that back injury. So no matter what, he still can't be your full-blown second guy, which leads to Dylan taking all the shots he took, which, hey, <laughs> it happens. But like, moving forward, man, Zach Kleiman did win. Executive NBA Executive of the Year award. So, for what it's worth, well deserved. We know what's we know uh, we got a bright future. So, but the excellent interviews, of course. Uh, I don't know if y'all paid attention to him, uh, Parker Fleming, uh, the new GB uh, site manager. We we'll get to in a second. Um, did a great job covering, and man, he tweeted literally every uh <laughs> every question answered <laughs> by all the players. He killed it, man. Like so. Just going down, thinking all the player interviews. Like, I guess, you know, you had Dylan actually end up making to the uh, X interviews after team interviews. He left out uh, for whatever reason. I'm not about to get into the speculation of whatever happened in team interviews. Uh, What's up with your boy, Trevor? <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong, man. He, just he, he must have checked in. He checked in the Dylan <laughs> Is that what he did? If he didn't do his X, he didn't go to Cancun, huh? It's, it's, not, it's nothing to look into. Promise you, he pulled up to the resort like, got on his thong sandals. You know what I mean? I'm here, toes out. 
Uh, more examples we had that we had Steven Adams and the uh, the Peabody Ducks. Uh, <laughs> clip I mean, Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs> oh man, you but, know they kind of suck like no cap, bro. That was my that was my uh, nickname in high school. No cap, for real. Because I was on the swim. Team. Aquaman, I, I really? I cannot make this up. I cannot wow. make this up. Bro. So the fact <laughs> that he, you know he took my nickname, I mean it's Steven Adams, but I, I promise you, I was on the swim team at East High School. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, dang. But what was y'all biggest takeaway? What what did y'all take away from uh, the X interviews that y'all got to see? Um, if it's me, Dylan not being there kind of does say something. I mean, I know that you know he he means a lot to the city and the culture of the team, but in his mind, we made jokes about how he, you know, he's my player, and then you know his eight has been broken, and some of the shots that he was taking that was kind of clearly Dylan going back to Dylan. What I'm saying is, if you can, if if I'm Rich climate, and I can replace Dylan Brooks offensively. Maybe go get who I've been wanting, Jamari Grant or somebody who can put up twenty points. You know that can help John Moran score. That's literally what we were missing with John Moran out. It's not that we didn't have anybody that can score twenty points. It's somebody that can get it kind of consistently. So you know, if we can look at you know possibly trying to see what they what, what Jalen Brown can give, but you know, just having that second star. We talking about it, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like. They, they, they're, they're linking up together pretty nicely. So we love to see Jaron Jackson improve, but Dylan Brooks trying to be that number one option when he's not on the team with Dylan Brooks improving with a team that we expect Triple J to improve with a team that we expect Jair Williams to come back to and, and perform. Like, it's only one basketball. So that I kind of want Chris Kleiman to figure out what he can do with Dylan Brooks. Um, if you would ask me right now, do I expect Dylan to be back on the Grizz next year? I don't want him, but – if he is, it's because we really decided to run it back one more time with a healthy job. I mean, that's that's the only reason I can see Dylan Brooks back on the same. My okay, here's my pushback and my question to you: Are you ready to hand over the defensive assignment of taking the other team's best player to a second year Zaire Williams? I'm not, but what I'm saying is, stop that, right there. That's why Dylan Brooks will be back next season. <laughs> At least until the trade deadline. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah, I mean, the trade deadline because he's a free agent next offseason. At least until the trade deadline. He's a great stopper, but at this point, like, we saw the Grizz play great team defense at times, too. So what I'm saying is I would rather us progress offensively next season than, you know, we can come, we can come down I mean, defensively. I mean, we saw, we saw our defensive mistakes, you know, this past series. We lost almost every game in rebounding, points in the paint. Like, the Warriors kicked our butts inside, and they were a much smaller team. So I'm sure justice needs to I mean, be made accordingly anyway. Steph didn't shoot lights out, but he I mean he wasn't great, but he wasn't like terrible. Like you gotta give Dylan Brooks some kind of credit at least. I get, I, I, get him, I, I I would I never take away the defensive though, you give him the, some kind of credit at least. I would never take away his mindset defensively, but we've all played basketball on this podcast. When you have somebody yeah. to take bad shots. It does affect the flow of the game, that, and that's whether with John Moran. Yeah, and that's why I say he'll be back at least until the trade, at least until the trade deadline, because I, he has an expiring contract. So if there's somebody else that's out there that could possibly play his role, and and we can find somebody that can replace it defensively. Like we got, a, we got a front office that can do it. Yeah, I, and I have full faith in his front office that they can do it. It's all just, the front office. I, I was, I would at least will wait until the trade deadline. To see what is out there, I wouldn't even be surprised if he was moved on the draft day. On draft day, if there was somebody else out there, but 
I expect him to be back and playing at least half a season until the trade deadline. I feel that, but y'all know how I feel about training camp. A a player going through training camp in the summer is one of the most underrated things you can have. If we're going to keep Dylan Brooks throughout the season, let's keep him. If we're going to dish him, let's go ahead and and do it now. So we can have that player who I'm referring to, Jeremy, Jeremy, whoever. We can have that player in training camp with a healthy job, with a healthy everybody. And we can find other players for, you know, that's, that's what I'm saying right there. So you're actually so you're trying to flip Dylan Brooks for Jeremy Grant? Is that that's that's pretty much I mean not a Jeremy Grant, but we see what Jeremy Grant can average. Like he's averaging twenty points a game. I mean, that's something 20, that we like somebody 20 points, let's just be real. Twenty points on a Pistons team where let's be honest, everybody is playing an option above where they should be. Yeah, but Jeremy Grant is also a number one option on the team when on this team he really wouldn't have to be. All we're missing is literally somebody who can. Hold on, and then here's yeah. another thing. And then here's and another thing. It's about, about the exit interviews. It's about the exit interviews. Because <laughs> this, right. well, this is the next. This is the next show. We you know fast forward. <laughs> all right. Well, in the exit uh, interviews, we gotta get a chance to get to it. Um, I think what kind of my takeaway from was most of the players all saying they're wanting to buy in and they're wanting to be. Uh, I can't really just pick out one specific player. I think Ja coming out and saying he wants to be here. Desmond Bain wants to be here. Jaron wants to be here. Tyus Jones, even though we'll get to that possibly in a second, it may be difficult, but he wants to be here. I think that was my biggest takeaway from everything else is just seeing these players get up and say, "Hey, we had fun this season. We 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 had a good we had a good season. We know we're not done." We want to be in Memphis. I think that was my biggest takeaway from the exit interviews more than anything. Well, damn, skip right over me because that's exactly what I was going to say. I think, you know, we all love assurance. We all love the the idea of being told something. Maybe we already knew it in the back of our head, but for somebody to say it or for somebody to do it just kind of takes it to the next level. And so when I say that, it's more so in regards to We've seen how close knit this Memphis Grizzlies is. Whether we it's we see it in post game interviews, pre game interviews, during the game, how well you know how excited they are. You know they've gone training throughout several times this year for like their celebrations when somebody dunks on somebody, when somebody makes a three point, whatever the case may be. So we all knew how well they are, you know, as teammates. But then to kind of hear exactly what Trevor just said. To hear all of them like going down the roster from top to bottom outside of Dylan Brooks to talk about how much they love being here, how much they want to be back, how much they are going, you know, what they're going to work on to get better next year to beat the Golden State Warriors. For me, that's the biggest thing that I want to take. I want to take away from it because I'm a Memphian. I want people I love to hear people talk about the greatness of Memphis, Tennessee. I love people to, you know, to talk about Memphis as if it's as if it's the best city in the world. And to me, it really is. So, you know, to hear them talk about, you know, to talk, to hear them talk greatly about the team, about the organization, about the city, for me, that just hit home for me. And so I'm just like, you know, whatever we got to do to run it back, that's run it back. If there's a decision throughout the roster we need to make, then let's do that. But what I want last year, I want the exact same thing when it comes to the energy, you know, the, the excitement that comes with the team. I want all of that again. But I want at some point in my life, and we can all say this, I want to end the season with the parade on Bill Street. Oh, but of course. Hopefully, bro. I think I always want that. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a heck of a fool. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I say that my biggest takeaway, not from necessarily the exit interviews, um, because one thing we have to also consider is, yes, we do exit interviews, but this is a new generation as well. And this generation doesn't just focus on the exit interviews. It's what they do on Twitter and, and you know, social media as well. And what I've seen to everyone's point that's already gone is they're not just talking it in front of cameras. They're saying it on Twitter. They're saying on social media how bad they want this again talking about how they stayed up at night, thinking about the mistakes that they've made, how to improve themselves, talking about Zaire Williams um, and Jerome um, as well. And for the simple fact, you know, all the players that we've discussed, we just, we want to see progress. Um, they under, we have to understand as well, uh, the Climate's got eight of the players that will be back next year were all drafted by the Grizzlies, eight. And so that are within our like rotation of what we have. Of course, you know, Tyus was not drafted by us and Kyle Anderson as well. And those are the two kind of outliers right now for us in regards to the rotation that we have. But besides that, I enjoyed what I saw publicly on social media. And I mean, Dylan not being there, um, I think we just have to, you got to take the, the good with the bad and, and, and what have you. So when he's good, we're all sunglasses and everything at, at, at the interview. And when he's bad, he elopes. He, who knows? At least he ain't got the Ben Simmons syndrome and got a hurt back out of nowhere. But at least we got to take the good with the bad. So every player, we have to respect that from them. And I hear you too, whether we, if we're going to get rid of them, get rid of them earlier so you can get another player. I also believe in bringing up value as well um, to get them to the trade deadline. I'm not going to discuss about the other players. I'm going to discuss what I saw. And what I saw was a group of Memphis Grizzlies ready and hungry the first day after they lost game six to be right back in the hunt where you don't see that as often with other teams and players, especially those that are younger. Yeah. Like you said, man, y'all Jesus once said, man, it's like good to bad. The force came with the rag. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Dylan got to step up to the plate. We got to incorporate hand claps. <laughs> oh man, man. Oh man, but yeah, uh, my biggest takeaway from the ex interviews were like y'all said, man, the players want to be here. Zach Kleiman said, uh, they spend they willing to go to luxury tax, uh, going to the future because some contracts are about to be handed out. Ja, this summer, after he gets on his all NBA team, I think it's 217 billion dollars max, super max he could sign for that. It won't kick into next season, but it will. If you want Memphis, it's his. He can buy the whole city of Georgia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then, Outside uh, of FedEx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you got a uh, Brandon Clark's extension, which should be signed this summer as well. Then you got Desmond Bain coming up next year. And it does sound like, and by all the media members that were there, all their takeaways were the core is Ja, Jaren, and Bain. And I couldn't agree more. I think uh, we found our stars. Yeah. Yep. All this time we were saying hey, we need trade for that third, that second or third star. I think we got the three. Roll with them, build around them three. Uh, unless somebody pop up that you just cannot, absolutely just cannot <laughs> try, you know, just go without trying to uh, get a certain any other any player to pop up. But hey, I like what the direction we headed in. So man, great, great future ahead of us, uh, once again. But let's go on, take a trip back to the past. This was a fun year. Very fun season, one of the best, man. Uh, so many records broken, just a 
in games. We're exciting. We want to, you know, we're not the greatest show in the NBA this season. What was, uh, I said favorite moments of the season, favorite moments, because hey, it's hard to pick one unless anybody can just pick just one. I can't. We might well just re reflect. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say I don't have a favorite one, but and I tweeted this the other day. Like this season, I think the amount of games that I've, I went to this season alone is probably more than the total games that I've been to since the Grizzlies have been here. Um, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, I went to the games, I went to the games, but I think I enjoyed every single home game that I went to. Um, and to take it even a step further, you know, we laughed and joked about it, but, you know, the games that I attended during the postseason, I was poor knowing them. So, you know, to, to have that excitement, you know, when you get off work, when you when you can, you know, unplug for a second from being a parent to say, you know, I'm going to this Grizzlies game and I'm going to enjoy it. But not only am I going to enjoy it, I know I'm going to see something worthy of being on sports in the top 10. Like, I think that's a lot. And I just think that that was just, it was so cool to know that, you know, John Moran was going to duck on somebody or there was a lot from job to, to Zaire or there was a lot from, you know, to, from job to Jaren, from whatever, whatever the case, whether it was a taste down block from Jaren, whatever the case may be. This season, hands down, was the best season that I can say I've had as a Grizzlies fan since I've been here. You can know you can you can talk about, you know, the the, the teams with, with, with Zebo and Marcus Hall and Tony Allen, you know, and everything that came with that team and what they did to uplift the city. Yes, I hear all of it. But this season, in my personal opinion, was the best season that I've ever been, that I've attended, just because, you know, the excitement that comes with John Moran. Like, John Moran, ladies and gentlemen, is box office. We talked about, and, you know, we, we complained about how late the games were, but we as Memphis complained about how late the games were, but 10 million people watched game two of the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies, and that was the most views, you know, the most views of a of a semifinals, you know, um, conference championship in like in like 10 to 12 years. So that's good. That like that's good for the city. That's nothing but good exposure. So to not only know that we as Grizzlies fans, people on this podcast care about the Grizzlies, but it's people in, you know, we talk about it's people in Ohio, Sheedy. It's people in Dallas. It's people in, you know, in Jersey. It's people in California. It's people, it's all these people that's now like paying attention to the Memphis Grizzlies. It's people paying attention to our team. So at the end of the day, regardless of you know how you know you can pick which team was better, in my opinion, everything that came with this with this team is, is great, and that's what I enjoyed about it. Yeah, we kind of international with it. Shout out to our fan from Uruguay who uh, always used to throw questions our way as well. You gotta 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 uh, get him in there as well. Um, man, it's it's just so many moments and. This is, I will probably uh, echo Skyler's sentiments. This is probably the most amount of games that I've been to uh, since the Grizzlies have been in Memphis. Um, it's just just too many moments to really go down. Um, of course, Zebo's jersey getting number, getting retired. Um, the big ESPN game against Brooklyn, which was a show upon shows. Um, man, it, it's just it's just too many, man. Um, but that's all I really got to say. It's just it's, it's just too many moments running through my head, man. And it's 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 great. It's great. And we're in for something special. That's all I got to say. Can't put it into words completely. Yeah, I'll be. I'll try to be short because I thought about this and I got long winded. But I actually live with your point as well, Trevor. That March twenty fifth game against the Brooklyn Nets. 
was the moment for me for the season. Um, the reason I say that is because we know historically we don't play well when it comes to television and shows like that, um, along with you're bringing the Nets. The Nets at the time had just got done trading James Harden, you know, Kyrie Irving is available, all this other stuff. And let's be honest, two of the top 75 players in the history of the game, right, um, put up close to 75 points. And they still lost. And and it wasn't like, oh, it was like a game-winning bucket. Like, it was, yeah, thank you, double-digit loss. And that game right there stamped it for me to say, anything less than us winning at least one series was not good enough because we just proved Kyrie was hot that night. Right. Um, Kevin Durant was not, but still scored somewhere up to 30 anyway. But for us to put those two superstars and to play without our superstar at the time and to still win a nationally televised game that we had to earn back because they took it away from us. Right. Is amazing and great stand for us. so to me that was a moment that was a moment that that really to me that was the whoop the trick moment of the season we we whooped the trick of the nets and we whooped the trick of everyone else thinking that uh climbing does not deserve to be executive of the year this was also desmond bain's show to show why he should have been mip like there were so many things to me on on this game alone that echoed what we did for the season that i really stamped on um do I, did I mention the dunks or anything like that? No, um, because those were great and highlight moments. And like you said, Skylar, like things like that bring, they don't bring the viewers as much to Memphis. They're going to bring superstars to Memphis. And I hear us about the core, and I stick with that. Bane, Morant, Triple L for now. And if there's a possibility to bring a different star for 25 million, you trade. Well, I won't get into that. Anyways, moment of the season, March 25th, 2022, when we blew and whooped the trick off the nets. Oh, man. So uh, I think, like, Leo, you still upset with me when you was naming all them different cities that we represent and left off Phoenix. But it is what it is. Um, speaking of which, you know, just being able to like but everything that you just said, being able to experience that from afar and like really just tone in and saying that, hey, we got one of the best teams in the league was something that I it, it's something that if I was to say I was proud of, it'd be an understatement. You know, me going to different bars, wearing my Grizz gear, you know, just turning up, you know, just different places, letting people know, like, I, I'm a Memphis fan. Like, being from Memphis is something that's, you know, still close to my heart. Being a Grizz fan, is, you know, I, I'm, I'm rocking with them. And to see that they, you know, are embraced by the city, you know, like like they are, is just a beautiful thing to see. And I definitely can't wait to get back and, you know, get to a game, you know, in Memphis, and especially, you know, when they come out to Phoenix again. Um, but if I was to take away one thing from this season, um, it'll be the fact that, you know, came into the season saying how the third year point guards, make sure y'all still go check out uh, one of our earlier episodes for this season. Uh, when I broke down the third year pro- uh, progress of point guards, uh, John Morant did make that progression, him winning most improved. Uh, now I think he, if he would have played more games, maybe 10, 15 more games, he would have had a, even more of a solid case to win MVP. You know, that's just that third uh, season progress uh, that we talked about. And he did it. You know, we have a superstar. We can actually say we have a superstar in Memphis. Um, and it's something that, you know, I never thought in a million years I'd be saying, you know, we had the Marcus Alls and the and the Zebos and the, and the Mike Conley's. They were all stars, whatever, cool. 
but a superstar that loves Memphis, that embraced the city the way that we embrace them is it's just beautiful to see. And outside of that, it's like we got the core to do some damage. Like we really, you know, even though Ja was out, we we kind of went head up with the with 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 DNA championship team. You know, we we let the Warriors know that hey, we coming. Like be be ready. And it's kind of like you know watching the last dance when when, when John was like, hey, to the Pistons, I'm coming. <laughs> just be ready. You know, so. Um, this is just exciting to see. We definitely got a bright future. Um, didn't think we'll be here this fast, to be honest with you, but we're here now. Um, and to be able to say we got a, a A-plus team on and off the court is, is literally as a Grizz fan, the dream come true. So that's my big takeaway. Yeah, you know, you know, this, is, this was the year the fans could be back at the arena, like fully capacity, full capacity, and just like – for them to put on the show night in, night out, after the beginning of the season, when they started off 9 and 10, and we was on this podcast, like, bro, what's going on? They were either blowing somebody out or getting blown out. There was no in between. <laughs> and we just didn't understand. Y'all got hurt. And I came on this podcast. I'm like, you know what? The year before, they survived a little bit without him in a few games. Maybe they can do it this time. And they even blew that out the water. Uh, they went 10 and 2 in his absence in that, uh, that first time frame. Went on 11 game win streak when he got back. So that's a bigger takeaway from this season. Uh, I was actually at the Dallas game that they broke the streak and just seeing how fatigued, like how it, how, how long win streak can really fatigue a team. I think they had played eight games in 12 days, and you could feel it in the arena like, yeah, they tired. And you kind of figured Dallas about to run away with it, which they did. Uh, T.B. Rant jumped to superstardom, got celebrities on the court. I didn't like, forget about him, man. <laughs> like, Got uh, looking like lucky game out here with these uh celebrities sitting courtside with this man. Then Boosie pulling up the games left and right. <laughs> he he had Usher, up, bro. Like we had Usher, the Usher. <laughs> you know what that made me think of? It, it, I'm not sure how many of y'all have watched The Winning Time, but it made yep. me think of that. It made me think about like that switch that went from like you know you know. The Lakers didn't have much going on at that time, you know, as they were trying to get things going. Um, and then the Buzz family and, you know, what Jerry West did, like what they did to, like, get people there at the forum. And they started to get the who's who, you know, uh, you know, in that arena. I feel like that's kind of what that was, you know, you know, drafting John Moran and you know, how great he was. Not, not comparing him to Magic Johnson and what he did for the organization, but in a sense, you kind of feel that because, you know, there was a bit of a lull before John Moran got here. And now where you could usually buy like, you know, you could spend a hundred dollars to get an extra, you know, to get a certain t- certain ticket at the forum. You can't do that now. You <laughs> you spending some money, you know, to watch a game at the forum, especially if it's a season game. So that's a, that's what it that's what made me think of for those who haven't watched the winning time yet. Yep, and definitely check out the show. Uh the season just finished. Uh <laughs> very hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I gotta check out the last episode. I ain't get a chance to watch it. Yeah, yeah, really good show. But yeah, some more things. Of course, Jaws blocked against the Lakers when he said how much uh hit the uh backboard and stuff. Uh LeBron getting mad at Desmond Bain and the Grizzlies for talking trash <laughs> and the whole NBA. That's why one of my favorites too. <laughs> yeah, that, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Yeah, the folks not care and still talking trash throughout the rest of the season until the very end. <laughs> Gets go to state, still trash talking. So hey, you gotta love it. Uh guess folks don't like trash talking no more. The seven three point win against OKC. I mean, that was the oh, biggest yeah, that was win. win for the city. Shout NBA out to the also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget what night that was. Let's not remember. Let's remember what night that was as well. That was a uh, three-six mafia and the bomb tags and harmony night. Too. Was, so yeah, that yeah, night. Yeah, shout out to three-six. That was the same night. Same night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Then, of course, the uh, Spurs game with y'all had to dunk on uh, what's been what's my guy named Purdle, Yaka Purdle. Then the halftime pass with Big Steve and shot by Jaw, <laughs> jumping me there, just and shooting in the same motion. Um, Brooklyn game, Big Steve like, picking up a grown man like a child. In the oh, moment. yeah, because got a ton of crap. Man, like I said, the rookie game, me, Scott, and Trevor went to uh, just the end of the game with Malik Andrews interviewing them. And the guys is all coming in the picture. That, that was our playoff clinching picture that they posted uh, when the Grizzlies clinched the playoff spot that night. Uh, the Phoenix game, resting all the starters and beating the folks without starters. So, I mean, <laughs> you, can't, you can't beat that. And I remember uh, Santiago Dama's dunk and the whole team on the bench just going wild, celebrating. Like, bro, this season was like just – it was one for the books. <laughs> it was one for the books, man. But I can't wait the next season. Me <laughs> either, man. Guys, time for more. But in the show, man, before we get to all the shout-outs and uh, with all the, where to follow us and everywhere – we be missed to say, man. Shout out to Joe Mullenix, uh, Grizzly Bear Blues, now former <laughs> Grizzly Bear Blues site manager, man. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, Grizz season ended, ended his tenure. He was great. Like I said, he gave us the opportunity here. I'll always be grateful to him for that. Uh, gave me the opportunity to write for Grizzly Bear Blues just recently, uh, my first blog for them. So, uh, man, shout out to Joe, man. Good luck to him on his future endeavors and anything he gets into. Uh, I think he was with the blog. Okay, he was with the blog for like over nine years. So like, yeah, yeah, very long time. Grew. I read his last uh, uh, blog. If y'all haven't checked it out, man, go to grizzlybearblues.com. Check it out. And shout out to our new uh, site manager and Parker Fleming, who has always been over us with podcasts. Let us, uh, they could, you know, let us, you know, do our own thing with it. Like they don't, you know, don't interfere with trying to, you know, they love everything we do. So man, we shout out to him. We appreciate everything you've done for us. And hey, me and said Grizz next gen. <laughs> Parky Young, Grizz next gen. <laughs> Grizz Bear Blues blog next gen. So let's get it rolling. And of course, uh, remember follow Grizz Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies and listen to other podcasts on the network, the uh, GBB Live podcast, which will now be Parker Fleming instead of Joe Mullenix, uh, the Core Four, 3 and D, and um, the Long View. And remember to follow us at the starting five, the number five, M-E-M, and follow me at the one underscore P-Shark. At underscore Skylight on Twitter. Appreciate it for everybody rocking with us this season. If you don't know by now, of is still a preposition. I'm at the Art of Trevor signing off from Dylan Brooks Island. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's vacancy there as well. Um, it's really no, shady. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really shady. I'm done. I'm done. Hey, real talk. It's me and Parker right now. It's me and Parker right now at this point. <laughs> y'all, y'all at this point, like, oh, I guess ain't nobody else gonna show up. Hey, you been caught everybody yet? You been caught enough? Be, be at the ice machine by yourself? Who <laughs> else is here? My fault. All right, my fault. Ain't hey, nobody coming to my party. Dang. But I'm at Ishaman at Sam Shakir. Joe, salute to uh, to you for bringing us home and just a podcast. Five Memphians, diehard Grizz fans who really care about the city and the team, uh, able to bring authentic opinions to you know the podcast network. So uh, salute to you and good luck to your future, brother. We we got you. We got you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Until next time, y'all. Still be here this offseason. Go Grizz. Peace, peace.